Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, ahead of the World Cup. Please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms to the show and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders and at Graham Bailey for all of the latest transfer news because there is a World Cup growing on, Graham. Uh, but plenty of clubs are going to be looking at the play- the potential breakout stars from this tournament, uh, checking on the progress of how existing targets are doing on the world stage. Uh, Graham, are you looking forward to it? First question. And how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. And uh, I'm basking in the Michael Carrick Middlesbrough journey, which is going really well at the minute. Um, it's featuring a few World Cup players. Ryan McGree had an outstanding sign off um, as we beat Norwich, the, the Australian midfielder, hoping for he has a good tournament. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, excitement levels, they're not quite there yet, but I think once the first game's here and um, in that opening, opening week, I think it will. You know, um, it's still getting used to it at this time of year. I don't think it's ideal, but hey, a World Cup, how how can you not be excited? Yeah, but I want to, I'm curious at the moment. I think the curiosity is there more than the excitement. Yes, I will be out there uh, for the group stages, uh, following along as my my Welsh boys embark on their first World Cup in 64 years in a group with England, the United States, and Iran. Uh, that second place is very much up for grabs and I'm sure the US fancy themselves quite confident in Wales and Iran are a good team as well. But obviously there's a number of other groups and there's a number of other players who will feature across the tournament. And we'll be talking about a bunch of them today who will be at the World Cup and some not as well. We'll talk Cristiano Ronaldo because we have to. The interview is the interview with Piers Morgan is dropping, has dropped, and it's really set the cat amongst the pigeons. We'll talk Jude Bellingham. We'll talk Rafa Liao. We'll talk Endrick, who did not make the Brazil squad, but is very much fancied by a number of Europe's biggest clubs. We'll talk Cody Gakpo on today's show, Joe Scali, Marcus Chiram, Yusufa Mukoko, and also we'll look ahead to the World Cup with a potential, who is your James Rodriguez, or who is your James Rodriguez of the 2022 World Cup? Might make it a little bit difficult given... We're going into a January transfer window, not a summer transfer window right after it. And we'll also pick out our dark horses for the tournament as well. And we'll see just how bad these calls have been in a couple of weeks' time, I'm sure. Uh, Graham, so let's talk Ronaldo to start with, shall we? Because mm-hmm. obviously, I think this is pretty much one of the craziest interviews I think I've ever I ever remember seeing for an employed player talking about his current employer and... You know, he's really not pulled any punches with with anyone, with former teammates, former professionals, his bosses, Eric Ten Hag, Ralph Ranick, uh, plenty going on. What what what's your initial reaction to him doing it? And um, we'll get into what this means for Ronaldo in in a little bit. But have you ever seen anything like this before? No, it's it's staggering, isn't it? It's it's one that'll live long in the memory, Scott, isn't it? For us, um, 
I think I think he dropped it and did it a bit a bit wrong. I think he should have aired it without all these drops that have come because these I don't think these drops that have come have helped him. But then, as we discussed off air, Scott, when you when you when you see him and you're listening to him, you can't help but nodding along to a lot of it, thinking, well, yeah, and a lot of it's just what we knew anyway, or especially it was more new than me, United watchers, you know, well, yeah, that's what everyone's been saying. A lot of it is is just putting out there what what we thought in the first place. It's it's it is a staggering one, Scott. Yeah, it's 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 one way to really sign off. You know, I think. It is souring his legacy at United. I think when we look back in 10, 15 years' time, I think he will still have that legendary court status at United. But yeah, I think for these next two or three years, it will it'll, it'll have a bit, leave a bit of taste for some fans. But I think some fans, I think some fans, he will have won them over, Scott, by saying, yeah, do you know what? He he, he wasn't really slagging off the cooks so much. <laughs> he was he was just laying in place. And it would have shocked. I don't think some United fans would like to hear it, but I think... He he is telling the truth. Obviously, to keep it a secret is that that's the big thing, isn't it, Scott? No one, no one had an inkling that this was coming. Not even his teammates. He really hasn't told anyone. You can tell by the reaction of Bruno Fernandes, Cancelo. The players had no idea this was coming. Um, it's it's staggering. Obviously, from a night profile, you you can say, Scott. I I I don't think there was that much that that we didn't perceive already, you know, but I think a lot of United fans will agree with his, his take on Ragnik, his take on the Glazers. You know, there's, there's, there wasn't that much there to really offend, I don't think, last night in the first part. I think it's, it's probably the fact, though, that he is currently employed. <laughs> you know, this <laughs> yeah. is the thing that I can't get my head around. And he must just... This is a power play for the ages. I mean, he yep. clearly does not want to be at United anymore. And he clearly does not care about the consequences of what this, all of these comments mean. As we record this, we don't know exactly how Man United will react to it. Uh, there's set plenty of suggestions that we'll get into in, in a second. But Ronaldo has, as you mentioned there, Graham, called out the Glazers for their running of the club. And I think most United fans... I don't, they is appreciate the right word, maybe appreciate the fact that he's done that because they've been calling for a player or a former player or somebody who's worked in there before, let alone someone of Ronaldo's profile to expose it from the inside out. Yeah, because we've had Gary Neville, haven't we? But obviously Gary Neville, you know, as we've seen, his principles, as we've seen with his Qatar, his principles can be bought like, like everyone. He's proven that. But with Ronaldo... I think, yeah, him being there as well. I think this will have a huge impact on the Glazers and the sale. And, and you know, it might be, it might be looking back in five years when the Glazers perhaps aren't there anymore, this might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. So United fans may be thanking Ronaldo in a few years' time. I have said this uh, on another podcast as well that, yes, it, it seems to me like this could be the turning point i don't know whether that's an optimistic view of, of this cat- of very much the catalyst anyway the catalyst uh, yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been turning for a little while obviously we've seen that liverpool being put up for sale and what that could mean given you know the super league hasn't formulated uh well, as said, this, this is like your back, biggest but... the biggest name in the man U squad is saying this about the club's owners as he's still at the club as you yeah. say, and that's a huge thing as you say yeah it's uh i can't get my head around it to be honest and as we record this we are waiting for more uh, to come out of this interview, uh, we're, we're recording this between the two interviews because there's two parts. He's uh, he's recorded with Piers Morgan, 
Uh, obviously, there's other aspects that Ronaldo has got into. We mentioned Ralph Rangnick there. He's pretty much said, I don't respect Eric Ten Hag because he doesn't respect me, uh, even though he's been he was made captain in his last appearance for Man United as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that performative? I, I don't know. But I think what it has done, like, I'll, I think this is an overall positive for United. I know, th- I know there's a lot of... And, and, and you can tell that trust. Do you know, I think Scott, I, I, you can tell his trust went when Oli went. Mm-hmm. Not not so much because he disagreed with Oli going, which obviously he was backing him. He loves Oli, as he said, but there was no suggestion. But the way they moved to Ragnick, you could tell. I think there, that's what broke his relationship with with the the higher ups, where he just didn't get what was going on. I I, I think from that, I thought you know the idea that was sold to him to get in there was um, it disappeared by that point. Yeah, I think you're right there. But I mean, what um, the issue I kind of have with it is Ronaldo's talking about how the club is broken, yet they've actually changed structure and moved mm. in a different direction away from what they were failing with for the yeah. previous nine years. And now he's calling out the change, even though I think fans of United and maybe some from outside think that, oh, maybe they are changing direction. They're, they're moving in the right direction And, and even now. if it doesn't work, it, it's a, it's a, they had to make a change. They had to... Yeah. They had to make a change from the Oli situation and Ralph Ragnick, and they have. So, yeah, it might not work, but it was something that had to be done. And, you know, <laughs> Richard, that, talk about um, baptism of fire. Richard Arnold really has had a... is uh, 18 months. He's been there blinking. Out. <laughs> he's, uh, he's really... Um, He's really had it had it had it tough, hasn't he? But some some of his own making as well. Yeah, Ronaldo has uh, talked about how Man United are a marketing club, which I don't think anybody can disagree with. But I don't know, failing to realize that his signing was a market employee, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, plenty to dig our teeth into. There's going to be plenty of fallout here as well. I don't think that Ronaldo will play for Man United again. I think you can say 99% certain that that's yeah. not going to happen. But yeah, so what is, what's the latest on it, Graham? Because obviously, as I mentioned, we have not seen anything like this before, let alone from a player of Ronaldo's profile, who is currently employed by the club he's talking about. How do United react to this? I know that they need a bit of time to uh, approach this properly, uh, but he cannot be reintroduced to the squad, given he's also said... The young players just they're different. <laughs> and yeah. there's a there's a lot of young players in that squad as well. There is. What we're hearing what's coming out at the moment, they obviously they're not really saying much. So I want to see the rest of the interview. They are analysing the situation. As you said, he's not going to play for the club again. It's just how how does he leave the club now? They are looking into numerous options. Um told they are looking into ripping up his contract. And is that the easiest way? Rip the band-aid off. He goes his own separate ways. I have been told there is a few voices up there saying Let, let's wait for the end of the World Cup, um, you know, which I think will happen anyway. But as we'll talk, as we'll talk about um, in the episode, Scott, there's going to be some players who use this World Cup as a as a springboard, and Ronaldo could be one of those players. If he goes to this World Cup and proves he still is one of the world's best players, then that opens up a lot of avenues for him. If he goes there and looks like a 37 year old who shouldn't be playing anymore, then you know that'll that'll tell potential suitors an awful lot as well so it's a, this is a really big World Cup for Ronaldo now a really big World Cup for him do you have any confidence in Portugal doing well they have a great <laughs> squad but obviously yeah. they, they play a different type of football than that for two years they've, they've lost Neto and Jota so I think some of the depth has gone but um, a player we'll talk about in a moment Rafael Leao I'm really looking forward to seeing him I think if he can help provide on the left and Ronaldo to the middle 
I, I, I think Portugal got a real chance of going very deep in this tournament. I, I do. I think, you know, obviously there's a dozen teams going in there. They're one of the ones who can win it. And I give them a serious chance. I think the um, Bruno Fernandes again is... <laughs> He's a strange one for me, Bruno. I don't, I, just, I don't, I still don't get what type of player he is. But obviously, he'll be part of it. He'll have to play well. But yeah, I, I quite fancy Portugal. Yeah, and and if Ronaldo has a good tournament, so will Portugal. So yeah, it's it's going to be a really interesting one that side. And I say Rafael Leao's a player I'm looking forward to seeing as well, Scott. Yeah, but I think they've got um, I, I think they've got a real good chance, Portugal. You know, I think they're uh, they're in a tough group, but um, if they come through that group, and and some I do look at these some of these groups, Scott, as well, and and. When you're not really, you, there's no gimme there for Portugal. And I think I can help teams sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Portugal and thinking they have a, a lot of quality and depth. They have a lot of good young players coming through. You mentioned they're Rafa Leao. Uh, but I think this, obviously, we've seen them at previous tournaments, not really, I know they won Euro 2016, but they've not really blown people away with their, mm. their style of play in tournaments more recent than that. Obviously, they have Ronaldo in there. He's quite as much as he wants to deny it, quite limited in, you know, his ability to play in modern football. He did score a bunch of goals still, maybe not so many this season, but I'm looking at maybe the tournament after this, if Fernando Santos leaves and if Ronaldo retires as being their time to shine, because they do have a lot of talent in there. They've got a lot of talent in the back, uh, at the back as well. Diogo Costa, who I think maybe he's one of my shouts actually to propel himself uh, further forward because he's had a good season so far. The goalkeeper. The, League, the yeah. goalkeeper. The Manchester, yeah, yeah. yeah very, very interesting. Yeah, obviously we know Manchester United love this lad a lot and uh, he could be the De Gea replacement, as we said before. And and Cancelo, you know, one of the best defenders in the Premier League. He has been since he arrived. So, it's yeah, it's it's arguably one of the best Portugal, Portugal teams we'll see, isn't it? And it's curious, does this other forward now in, in Liao who could take the pressure off Ronaldo? So, yeah, the more we talk about Portugal, the more the fancy him, actually. Yeah, uh, Rafael Liao, let's, let's, let's jump to him uh, because obviously we don't know what will happen with Ronaldo yet, but United are exploring their options about how to pretty much part ways. And if Ronaldo does, if, if they hold on to this and see if Ronaldo scores six goals in the tournament, maybe there's a team out there who thinks, oh, wow, he could do something for us for 18 months or something mm, like that. Maybe definitely. maybe United could get a bit of money for him. But for that the is the thing is, that's, this- that's a great point, Scott. You know, where United... Do you, do you just let him go on a free transfer? If he if he ends up winning the Golden Boot, for instance, which is distinctly possible, I haven't looked at the odds. I imagine he's in the top five for the betting. You know, you do you do say, oh well, yeah, you know, we're not going to rip up the contract. Let's get a bit of money, and I'm sure there is people up top. I'm hearing at United that yeah, let's 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 see what type of World Cup he has first. Depends how uh, United want to approach this. Uh, they do need to make a decision pretty sharpish, though. I think yeah. Uh, but Rafa Liao there, you mentioned Graham, he has been, yeah, he's been on the radar of a number of clubs. Uh, what's the latest around Rafa Liao's future? Because he is possibly one of the players who could get a big money move in the next year, I would say. Yeah, next summer, he's, he's top of Chelsea. He's one of, one of the players who Chelsea love. They've been watching him since before Todd Burley took, took charge. The issue at the moment is Milan are trying to time down a new contract. They've made him an offer, which we understand making the highest paid player in Serie A. He hasn't signed it yet. There is this court case thing in the background with Rafael Lau. It's a really complicated case. Go and have a look up on it. It's where he always sport in Lisbon money. So I'm sure whoever takes him over will help help with that court case. They're not overly worried about it because, hey, 
when a player in his position, he's going to earn a lot of money, Scott, and I think he'll appear back fairly rapidly upon his next move. So I I do wonder. I, I'm not sure I see him sign a new deal. If he does sign a new deal at Milan, it'll, I think it'll have a very interesting release clause in it that'll allow other teams to move. But yeah, I think Chelsea could move for him in terms of the summer. I think they really could. They, they like him a lot. They've done the homework. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Playing on the left-hand side, they've already got Raheem Sterling as well, Chelsea. Um, I think this is more of a signing that fits in with their long-term policy. Um, and we've seen Graham Potter even talk about Raphael Leo, haven't we, and before their game. So, no, I think I think he could move. And if he does, Chelsea, firm favourites. Very much in the driving seat at the moment. But we don't know what's going to happen. I said with Ronaldo leaving United in next summer and this top battle for the top four, Scott, you know, could could they come in the equation? Perhaps they, we well, know we've watched him before. Why not? Yeah, I was just going to say. Obviously, I think you were uh, in in preseason predictions. You fancied Chelsea to get top four, and they uh, mm. they look quite a mess at the moment, don't they? Yeah. Um, it, it, obviously, when when new owners come in, the I think that was the only way Tuchel wasn't going to stay there. I think in hindsight. Maybe they're stuck with him, but obviously they're going all in with Graham Potter. We've seen with Paul and Stanley going in this week, Scott, as well. It's all about building around Graham Potter now. And from what I'm hearing from players inside the camp, they love working with him. It's a long-term process. I think they're very similar to Manchester United, Scott. I think the team we see in 12 to 18 months' time is very different to the team we see now. And the hope is, it'll hope for both teams, it'll be much improved. But yeah, I think at the moment, they're, they're in almost a holding pattern because they've got this January window coming up, which isn't ideal. And so, yeah, any if 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 either of those two teams finish top four this season, I think they'll treat it as a bonus. Possibly more Ten Hag, but I think the United fans can see progress there anyway. But yeah, it, it's with both these teams, um, it, it it's a very much in a building situation. When you talk about progress at Man United, Cristiano Ronaldo cannot see that, as he said in his interview. Uh, Jude Jude Bellingham is the the next on the agenda. Obviously. Maybe he's the player at the World Cup who is going to have the breakout to- breakout tournament, but pretty much everybody knows about him anyway. He's wanted by Europe's biggest clubs. He is contracted to Borussia Dortmund, doing well in the Champions League, doing well in the league. Uh, is he a, is he a nailed on starter with Calvin Phillips in the team? No, I don't. Well, he should <laughs> he, sh- he should be. You know, hey, the best England in the fight position got the best two young players in the world, in my opinion. As you know, and the mighty Phil Ford. Not Hendrik, Graham? No, not six. I'd put him. No, no, I haven't seen enough of Hendrik. I love him, but he, I don't think he'd be, he'd be, could say that just yet. Um, but Jude Bellingham and Phil Ford, and, and there's no guarantees either of them start, Scott. Really isn't. I think with Phillips in there and Jordan Henderson as well, will Southgate be tempted to go Rice Henderson, Rice Phillips? I think he's got. And he's got every right to do that, you know. That's it's just it's a tried and tested formula. I don't know as many people, many of us who would do that, but I think there's a good chance. But yeah, Jude Bellion may have to wait a few games to get his chance. But um, in terms of his future, Scott, no, I don't think that'll impact on it. But what we are, what we do know is that Bruce Dortmund, there's real confidence there, Scott, that he might stay for another year. I think they're, they're using the examples of most recently Sancho and Haaland saying, look, Sancho moved a year early, Haaland stayed the extra year, and look at the situation. It's not really comparable, but I think they are using that in, on their um, on their spreadsheets to show him, say, look, if you stay for the next year. And he's still nine, he's 19 still, is he, Scott? I think it's remarkable how old he is. So, and I think it's 
Dortmund think there's a fair chance that they'll keep him, so they'll give him a new deal with a release clause like with Haaland had. And yeah, and obviously Vatska, Jochen Vatska has confirmed our story that yeah, they, they are planning talks with him, they are going to speak to him and, and hope to keep him. And yeah, there's there are teams pushing, a lot of teams pushing. We know we know this City, Real Madrid, etc. I think Real Madrid would actually quite like him to stay for another year, possibly. So it might suit them. But I think staying in Germany for another year and then amazingly, Scott, if he stays there for another year, he'll be in Germany ready for the European Championship finals in Germany, which is a frightening thought, isn't it? <laughs> another season after that, and we're already at the Euro Championships. I so I think that might, you know, if they're saying, look, spend another year in Germany with us ahead of them Euros, and then you'll be the star of the Euros. I think that's the way they're selling it to him. And I think there's a he, he hasn't made his choice yet. We know that. All the, yeah, there's certain teams who are confident, City, Real, etc. But he hasn't made his decision yet. And Dortmund have got just, just as good a chance as anyone. And in fact, I'm erring towards, I think he might stay for another year, as it stands right now. Liverpool fans listening, uh, with their blood boiling that you haven't mentioned them in Oh yeah, I do beg your pardon, Liverpool fans. Um yeah, and obviously that extra year, I think, is a good thing for Liverpool because it gives FSG a chance to sell the club and then the new owners probably will pay for Bellingham. If FSG, if when Jude Bellingham moves, FSG own Liverpool, he won't be going to Liverpool because they will not pay the money it takes to get him. So I think if he stays another year, that's a, they're one of the teams who could benefit from that. Yes, indeed. We'll see how that plays out. Obviously, Jude Bellingham, we await to see how much of an involvement he'll have with England. At Do you think World he'll Cup. start, Scott? No, I don't. I think he said, said, said the Welshman with a big smirk on his face. Although, unfortunately for you, I think he might be in the team for, for the Wales game. Maybe, but I'm hoping that uh, Wales and England will play out a dead rubber because they both won their games. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Going into the third game, or maybe it's a dead rubber because one of the teams has lost both of theirs and they're out already. Uh, anyway, uh, Endrick will not be at the World Cup. We've mentioned him a couple of times already. Uh, he is obviously the latest sensation out of Brazil. Uh, doing bits at the moment, getting a lot of attention from a lot of Europe's biggest clubs. Talk us through this one. Yeah, you know, I've been obviously boring your ear off about this player for quite a while now, Scott. It seems like quite, seems like quite right. He's only 16 as well, so we've got a lot of time to come with this boy. Um, he is the next sensation, but he, this this guy is special. He's there. He's, this is the one that since Neymar, um, Florentino Perez, um, he instructed his chief scout, Juan Calafit. He said, I'm never going to miss out on the best young player in Brazil again. And they've had Vinny Jr., Rodrigo, Rainier, Freddie Valverde. They've signed all them players. But And, and you know, Vinny Jr. is probably the best young player in the world now, but they've been waiting for this talent. And this is the one, the guy who they think is really, really special. This is the guy who, at 16, Scott, was being talked about for the Brazil World Cup squad. This is their Wayne Rooney. This is even more highly rated than Neymar at that time, um, who went to Barcelona, as we know. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. But yeah, they think this guy is really special. As it stands, it's 
appears to be a free a three horse race. Real Madrid have been pushing this guy since he was twelve. He can't sign for a European team. He can't move to a European team until 2024 when he turns 18, but he can sign for them before. He's got a 60 million pound euro release clause. And basically it's up to the player where he goes. Overnight, his father, and we've done a story on the site, actually, be able to read. His father has confirmed they are having one more trip to Madrid, one more official trip to Madrid. They've been to Chelsea, they've been to PSG, they've been around Europe. They're having one more trip to Madrid at the end of the month, at which point... Dave, he says, we will let Madrid know whether they need to make an offer. So basically, as we know, it's up to the player, up to the player where he wants to go. Um, from, you know, every club is confident here. PSG think they can get him. Chelsea think they can get him. My belief is that Real Madrid think basically this is already a done deal. We'll have to see how it plays out. It's never that easy. And when Todd Burley's involved, throwing money around, who knows? I don't think it'll be about money though, Scott, with this guy. No, he knows what he's doing. And, it's interesting to say that I think there's more clear pathway to the first team at Real Madrid. And I think there is because we can see that example. He has of, proof there. Yeah, Vinny, Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo, exactly. Obviously, Rainier, Rainier, if we remember him, he was meant to be the one, wasn't he? He went on Dortmund, he's dropped off the radar. Madrid are there saying, if you're good enough, you'll play for our first team. And Vinny Jr. and Rodrigo in the background waving at him saying, yeah, come and play with us. And and that's a very and, and we know Ronaldo was his favorite player growing up, so therefore he watched Ronaldo at Real Madrid. We see all he does his copies of celebrations of Ronaldo, if you've noticed Scott, uh, when he has scored. So yeah, everything I'm hearing says Real Madrid. I know a lot of the English press think Chelsea and they are confident, they think they're gonna get him. I, I can't see past Real Madrid, I really can't, Scott. And but but what we our story today, Scott, from what I'm hearing from Palmeiras, that decision will be made before the end of the year. But wow. even by the end of this month, that decision will be made. So we will know um, by our next talking transfers in the, in the new year, um, we will know Hendricks Club by then. Yes, we are taking a, a short break because of the World Cup, uh, just because it's going to be so busy for us at 90 Min. Uh, but obviously transfers will keep uh, keep pulsing up and you'll 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 see it ahead of, ahead of the January transfer window. There'll be a plenty of speculation, plenty of interest in a number of players. How many players will actually move in January, though? This is this is the thing I can't get my head around. Because usually you go into a major tournament, there's a breakout star. Your Hammers Rodriguez is your example that we're using in this in this podcast. But that's when clubs have budget set for the year. January is typically a more difficult transfer window for for most clubs. We've seen big tran- big January transfers in the past, but generally the big switches are made in the summer. So. Going into a World Cup in the winter with a January transfer win off the back of it, how many players do you think will actually make those moves? I think I'm leading into the Cody Gakpo section here because I think I'll probably probably make him one of the players who I would make most likely to make one of these moves. Yeah, definitely Cody Gakpo. Um, to a bit, a bit of a story on him an update. The PSV is fully expecting him to leave in January. That, that does... If you think back as well, PSV, when they got knocked out of the Champions League, that had an impact on them financially. So they, they could do with the money. Just in terms of the overall budget, not obviously PSV aren't going bankrupt or anything like that. It's in terms of where they planned out, for their, where they mapped themselves out for the year. They they had that Champions League money firmly in their equations. So this Gakpo uh, move now. And as we were talking about Ronaldo, Scott, I think the Ronaldo situation will have a knock-on effect for Gakpo. Um he has the same representatives as Oak Ten Hag. He knows all about him. 
I think everything is pointing to Cody Gakpo and United. We do know Arsenal have had a little sniff about him as well recently. They've looked at him. Why wouldn't you? He's one of the form players in Europe at the moment, isn't he? Staggering statistics at the moment. Um, but I think if you're a Leeds Southampton fan, your chance is gone. You won't be getting Cody Gakpo. He is firmly looking at a top four, top five team now. I, I ask about Man United here because there are a number of clubs who are obviously interested in him, but does seem like United is the most prevalent interest, I guess, the, the most realistic uh, club that he could possibly join in January, given Cristiano Ronaldo is going to leave. What do United do? They they lack, they already lack uh, options in the final third of the pitch. We've seen Marcus Rashford uh, playing through the middle. Anthony Martial's had an injury. There's been Ronaldo playing here and there. But yet, what United do have is an abundance of left wingers. Uh and Cody Gakpo is kind of... How would you define him as a player? What's his best position? Well, it's interesting. I think they really pushed him on into the final third to say, what is he, 14 goals and 14 assists? So he's really racking up. The, he's doing his best to put, get this January move, isn't he? Um, I, I think you could see him like an Mbappe-type player. I think this could, uh, again, see Rashford push towards the middle. I, but I think he is he fits what United need in January because he is a plug-and-play he can plug in, plug him in, play him straight away. I don't think he'll need much um, getting used to the English temperament, and because he's coming in, Ten Hag knows him well. It, I, I think he takes a lot of boxes, as you said, though, Scott. It's one of these where you've got the Sancho, um, Anthony, Marshall, Anthony, comma Marshall, Rashford. He's a Garnacho now as well. Garnacho, Elanga, yeah. Um, Elanga. All of them naturally. Oh probably best positions on the left wing, maybe Martial aside. So yeah. do you want to add another one of those when you've got an abundance of people on the yeah. left and maybe not enough options on the right? Or it's, the an, it's an interesting one. Does does Ten Hag trust Ganacho enough to throw him from that? I've got my doubts, not about Ganacho, but about Ten Hag trusting him um, from the off straight away. Um, will we see others go out? Elanga and Martial, um, obviously, we don't know about them. Um, Rashford, obviously his contract due to be signed very soon. Um, it's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I get your feelings, Scott. You would like United just to go out and sign that centre forward, wouldn't you? But in as we know in January, there's there's not many out there. Pretty much impossible, especially when United overspent their summer transfer budget as well with the players mm. that they brought in. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Cody Gakpo is going to be one of the breakout stars at the World Cup, given the form he's in for PSV. Man United obviously obviously signed Ruud van Nistelrooy from PSV 20-odd years ago, and that mm-hmm. went pretty well. He is now managing PSV, and uh, it does it does make a lot of sense. It's just the, the natural position that maybe Gakpo will occupy. I think United might have too many options there, but maybe it will work. We'll see what happens. And United, if they are going to lose Ronaldo, they either go into the end of the season with fewer options, or they go for an option that is potentially going to be a little bit cheaper than your likes of your Victor Osimhen, for example, who yeah. might have been linked with in recent weeks. But uh, Spurs and Manchester United are watching a potential uh, signing as well in Joe Scally. We reported this on 90 Min in the last week. Uh, what can you tell us about this one, Graham? Yeah, um, it was a recent uh, Gladbach um, buying game, um, which was full of Premier League clubs. It was almost half the Premier League were represented at the game, which Gladbach won. Um, and we'll talk about a few players who started, started in that game as well. But yeah, Joe Scully, he's a 19, attack-minded. He's got he's got everything you want for an attacking fullback. This isn't one for 
I'm not saying it isn't one for Jay, but it's not one for a first team straight away. It's one that Tottenham United are looking at who, and they both need some depth at right back. So it's not a surprise to me that these two are looking at him. Um, but yeah, one for future, and, and we'll see what he does in the World Cup. I don't think he's going to start because obviously we've got Sergio Dest there. United do like an American right back. They've been looking at one. Um, but yeah, this is a player very highly rated. One, one for the summer possibly. Um, but yeah, he, he, again, if he comes in, has a good World Cup, doesn't look like he's going to start at the minute. But yeah, he's very much on the radar of Tottenham United and, and one that we can look out for at the World Cup. Another one, Marcus Chiram. And uh, mm. obviously, you know, has been linked with a number of clubs over the last few months. Out of contract in the summer, we'll get on to another Bundesliga player out of contract in the summer and we'll see what potentially happens with him in a second. But Marcus Chiram first, what is... Uh, is he going to go free? Yeah, it's a really interesting one too, Ram. He's really come on the rear to have a lot of clubs in the last six weeks, Scott, where teams who are looking at strikers, they narrowed it down really. It was quite a narrow field to the Ossiman, as you say, and the Jonathan David, who will also say at the World Cup with Canada. They were really coming to the fore as the two main options for clubs who were wanting strikers to Chelsea's, the United's, etc. come next summer. Um, obviously, Harry Kane as well, but we don't think he'd move internally within England. But yeah, but now two Rams really pushing himself into that category. Ten goals um, for Munch and Gladbach. And as you say, Scott, he's out of contract at the end of the season. And he's got the call up to France for the World Cup, which I think has, has helped his credibility. You know, obviously it has. You know, It's already well scoring 10 for Gladbach. If he hadn't made that French World Cup squad, it, it's strange to say that one decision has really impacted him. It really has given him that credence of the club's going, yeah, obviously if he's in the French World Cup squad, he is the real deal. Uh, and we'll see whether how much time will he get. Probably won't see too much, we don't think, Scott, um, during this. He'll probably get one, one of the group games at least. But, yeah, he's a fascinating one to keep hold of. And, and he, some of the big boys are looking at him now. He's got a whole load of potential. He's showing it finally, Gladbach. But, yeah, he could be a huge Bosman. In, in next or week. a potential snip in January with uh, six months of his contract left. Maybe that forces Gladbach's hand a little bit if they're going to look for a small fee. Yusufa Mukoko as well in the Germany squad. Uh, Borussia Dortmund prospect, 17 years old, still has not extended his contract to our knowledge as yet. But is this is this a, depart- is this a departure coming up or are we expecting him to potentially extend? Yeah, I think the clubs are looking at this now where it's a bit like the, um, I say it's like a meerkat situation where ooh, they're suddenly looking thinking, oh, is this actually possible? You know, the old, I think the presumption was that he would extend his stay. He would he would form this potent German strength force with Adeyemi. Dortmund have really made some great signs, and I think they made a bit of a rick here. You know, they, it's getting towards what a month before anyone can offer him a contract. Um, and and they are, they're all looking here. Scott Liverpool, United. He he is one of the best for his age, and he's, he's one of those we've been talking about him for a long, long time. He's still only seventeen, Makuku. Um. Yeah, I think Dortmund, again, from what I'm hearing, they are confident they'll sign a new deal, but they're, they're flying close to the to Sun here. You know, there's a real chance that if he gets um, wind of what is happening in, in, in England, um, yeah, they want to keep an eye on Makuku. I don't think he'll start for Germany, will he, Scott? Um, no. But, yeah, he's, he's a huge talent, isn't he? And I think very much one of United would look at because he, he does play centrally. does make sense. I yeah, uh, it does make a lot of sense. I mean, I'd be pretty happy as a United supporter. Uh, seeing him rock up at Old Trafford at 17, 18 years old, you know, with, as another option to move forward. 
that's the transfers part of talking transfers done for us. But let's look ahead to the World Cup because two questions for you, Graham, uh, and for me, I guess, as well. Who is your James Rodriguez of the 2022 World Cup? I, I've been trying to think throughout the show about who I would pick for this, uh, but it's it's quite difficult to think of who that player is, given we are going into, as we mentioned earlier, a January transfer window, not a summer transfer window. Yeah, it's a tough one because I think, like, for instance, I think James Madison will move in January. I think he will get a huge move to... Um to another Premier League club in January. However, I'm not sure that'll be off the back of a World Cup campaign because there's a fair chance he... How many minutes do you think he'll play? Um, I think he'll be lucky to... I don't... I'm going to say less than 90 for the whole tournament. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those where if, if England are struggling and he comes in the last game, dominates, he could end up starting. I just don't see it, personally. Um, I hope he does. Well, I don't. I don't think he will. But so I think he will move in January, but not off the back of World Cup. One player, um, again, this January situation stuff isn't. It's got moving. I uh, one player who will move in. I think in twenty twenty three. I think one player who will finally get his big move. It's because I'm back in his country to do well, Scott. As you know, Serbia and my dark horses for the World Cup, not to win. You know, not you know, don't heads exploding night in the office when I said Serbia dark horses. I think Serbia got a great chance to get into the quarterfinals. I've been burned by Serbia time. before. I, I've made this mistake before and then they mm. were terrible. So. Yeah, they weren't great news, but I'm saying Sergei Malenkovic, Savic, I'm, I'm bowing to the constant browbeating of you guys, not even officers who tell me he's a world-class player. Hopefully he's going to show me in this tournament because I, I haven't seen it to date. Um, I've very rarely seen it whenever I've seen him play, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say he's going to inspire them to a last, last eight, maybe even last four with our man Mitrovic, Vlaovic, Jovic, what a wonderful strike force available. So, yeah, I'm going to say he'll get his big move next summer and it'll be to Juventus or Arsenal. It'll throw Arsenal in there, maybe. Interesting. Arsenal fans will lose probably, their minds. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say probably Juventus. <laughs> um, ah, maybe I've mentioned him before. I'm going to go boring, Graham. I think Gakpo. <laughs> I think this, uh, this is potentially... I look at that Dutch squad and I think, obviously, they've got a... They've got a tough opponent in Senegal in that group, but you'd expect them to get through. They would mm. play then. If they win that group, they'd play, you'd think, USA, Iran, or Wales, and you'd fancy them to get through that. And I quite fancy them to do quite well. Uh, I think they're pretty well-oiled under Louis van Gaal. They've got a lot of talented players, Frankie de Jong, Virgil van Dijk. They've got a good, a good core there. And I think somebody in Gakpo who is absolutely plundering goals at the moment uh, that could make a lot of sense. And if he goes and scores four or five goals at the tournament with the PSV situation in terms of needing a little bit of money, and obviously he wants to leave and take the next step as well, mm. I'd make him probably the most likely to make a move in January. But you mentioned your dark horses being Serbia. My dark horses are Denmark, I think. Uh, I want to, I just want to, obviously, I don't think that they're going to, they don't have that amazing high profile high quality player that is going to be picked off at the at the end of the world cup but i've seen mm. them uh in previous tournaments they absolutely battered wales at the euros um and they ran england quite close as well didn't they they were knocked out due to a penalty mm. at wembley uh but i see them in this group of france and i'm not overly convinced by france this time around they got a lot of quality in there 
But Denmark did the double over France in the Nations so I think League. They're on, yeah, so I think they're on that height in Euros, wasn't it? There's Ericsson situation, yeah. Um, and they do I, have Ericsson back. I don't obviously. disagree with it. They do bore me a bit, Denmark, I must admit. They do, do bore me a little bit. Do they want, uh, talking PS, PSV, um, there is there a player who look out for um, potentially January, and somebody, is Eric Guitares, the Mexican, and his teammate, um, Alvarez from, from Ajax, who we know... West Ham, Chelsea have looked at, but a couple of Mexicans there to keep an eye on. And and, and I'd, another James Rodriguez one, possibly for January, to come from nowhere, have a good World Cup. When we talked about this 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 lad before in the previous, we know the Premier League clubs are looking. Zeno de Bast at Belgium, the centre-half. He could have an exceptional World Cup for Belgium if they go deep, and he could end up getting a move in January off the back of it. So I think he is realistic. He could be one of our Rodriguez players where he's coming from nowhere and could end up getting a move. There you have your tips from Graham and myself. Uh, get in touch with us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders at Graham Bailey to let well, us know who's your pick you're... for the World Cup, Scott. Who's, who's the overall? Who's pick? my who's... pick for the World Cup? Um, I can't look past either Argentina or Brazil. I've got I'm I'm that boring one, but I think they're both. There's a lot of romanticism in the Messi finally winning the World Cup. And Argentina are in great form. I think they've got a lot of steel in there. They've got that quality in Messi. They've got a lot of options. But I think you're not, you don't fancy Brazil, do you? But I, I, I think if I pick one, I, I'd probably pick Brazil. But obviously they do have a couple of weaknesses at fullback, which I think you're not overly convinced. I by. think the defense is, but I think, I think if Thiago Silva starts, Brazil don't win the World Cup because he's simply not good enough against a world-class striker, as he's shown for Chelsea. He's one of the main, if not the main problem for Chelsea at the moment. And I think he's... If, if he starts for Brazil, I think Marquinhos will be shaking his head because he won't be very happy about starting next to him. Um, especially, especially when you've got someone like Bremer in backup. You, you've got better backups as well. That's the annoying thing. Eda Militao as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You've got you've got potentially three almost world-class defenders there and then Thiago Silva just because of who he is starting. Um, no, not for me. And do you know what? Do, do, and, We've talked about this team. Team, like, I'm, I'm quite liking Portugal. Yeah, I think you've talked me into Portugal a bit. We're talking. How did I talk you know, into Portugal? I don't even know. fancy Portugal. They we just went, got a we lot of great players. Them. Yeah, I think I think it's boring to say France. I think I think France or Portugal. Yeah, I must admit, I think France or Portugal for me to win it. Yeah, I think so. I think, and 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 we're talking about the Rodriguez, Rafael Rafael Leao, as we've spoken about, won't move in January. But I think he could be that one player who takes this tournament by the scruff of the neck and then gets his big move in the summer. But I think, yeah, yeah, Portugal. I think Portugal. How far are England going? As we discussed, Scott, it depends what team he picks. It really does. Um, I think he's going full on boring 5 3 2 or 3 uh, 5 2 3. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I've fallen out of Southgate a bit. I, I'd have taken, I think he's done the dirty on Reese James a bit. You should have taken Reese James. You've got 26 man squad. If it was 23, yeah, don't take him. But you've got an extra three spots. Why have you taken Conor Gallagher, who's out of form and shown no form at all this season, apart from one goal at Crystal Palace? Why couldn't you take Rhys James in that last spot? And, and, and yeah, I, I don't agree with him on that. Um, I think England, if we get Holland in last 16, will we look at get past last 16? I agree with that. We'll see how England do. But if Denmark managed to overturn France, that, that's my tip for the group. I think Denmark will win their group, and that could open up if England win their group, could open England's path through oh, the last yeah. stages of the competition. They've had some great draws in the last few tournaments, so haven't they? They've had mm. some wonderful draws. Yeah, but that's my thing with Serbia. I think Serbia might finish above Brazil in their group. Just, I think, they'll draw, but then outscore them in the other games because, as we know, 
Mitro, one of the best strikers in Europe. It's so underestimated, Mitro. I know, I know you. In that, in that I, no, I like, like I like Mitrovic. He's in my fantasy team. Has been for a while. <laughs> yeah. So inter- Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, Serbia, Serbia for last day, but Portugal to win it. I think. And there I think, you have it. But I, I, I think you've got a chance of like getting. I think you'll beat America, Scott. I think it's between you and Iran for that second place. Fingers crossed. I will take. I will take that. If uh, Wales can do their business, Gareth Bale can turn up as he does for Wales. Who's your final group game against? Is that England? England. Okay, so we'll know by then. We should know. Yeah, I I don't fancy Wales' chances of going into the England game getting a result unless England are through already. Uh, But I think. That's you look at if, if if he puts the thing is the problem you've got there, Scott. If Southgate wins the first two games and puts the reserves in, the reserves actually better than the players they're replacing. Yeah, <laughs> true, and they probably will want to make a point as well that I want to. Yeah, start you'll in the last you'll, you'll you'll have all great incomes Ford and Bellingham. Great, just put one in. Oh, great! Yeah, fantastic. But um, yeah, first World Cup in sixty-four years for Wales. I think that they do have that little bit of past tournament experience, that little bit of star quality, even if they are aging a little bit, they're, they're quality players, those high-profile players, Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey. But you've got other players playing Premier, you've got Nico Williams, Keith. Nico Lattin. Williams is a and good shout. Yeah. Is, and I, I don't want to ask you this, is Danny Ward starting in goal or is Wayne Hennessy? It's, it's currently unsure. I, I would, if I, if it was me, I'd probably think it would be Ward. Yeah, because what, Hennessy number two, where's he? Hennessy's two at Forest and had played against... Uh, Kept the clean sheet against Spurs in the League Cup win uh, over Spurs uh, a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, Ward, I think Ward's Danny Ward is... Form. He's, he's form final now, form. Keep, yeah, yeah. He's sec- t- second highest in the league for clean sheets this season, which you couldn't, which was an absolute shock. He's starting uh, for, you know, top 10 Premier League team. He's starting, you have, he, has to start, he has to start, surely. He has I, th- to. I think he will. Yeah, I think that's the way it'll go. But we'll see. The World Cup is upon us. Kicks off on Sunday the 20th. We're recording this ahead of that. Uh, talking transfers takes a bit of a break because of the World Cup, but I'm sure we will. Maybe we'll find time to do an episode at some point in the next month or so, Graham. But uh, we'll maybe see Christmas, how the World Christ- Cup goes. A nice Christmas edition, maybe. Christmas special uh, World Cup transfers, uh, talking transfers podcast from us. But yeah, thank you very much for listening, Graham. Thank you for your time as ever. Uh, some hot takes there ahead of the World Cup. Um, and if you are listening to this, get in touch with us at underscore Scott Saunders and at Graham Bailey for your hot takes on who's going to win the World Cup, who's going to be your Hammers Rodriguez of the 2022 World Cup, who's your dark horse to go deep in the competition. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you very soon for another Talking Transfers, Graham. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.